What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. Oh, boy. Uh, we are coming to you after a week one victory, um, Ohio State 23, uh, those wonderful men in Indiana 3. Um, and I think there's a lot of mixed emotions going through Buckeye Nation right now, man. How you feel about it, Davis? That's a pretty accurate description. Um, I think it's good that we didn't record this episode, you know, right away after the game and kind of let it settle for a couple of, a couple of days. Uh, but I do, I, I, st- I still feel similar to the way I did, but I think I've given it a little more perspective, and I'm sure did we'll get into that. Did you say the F word? Did you say the F word? Perspective? No. I think it starts with a P. Did you say the F word during the game? Oh, Come yeah. clean, man. Oh, early on, probably, yes. <laughs> Real early. <laughs> okay, go on. G- give me some Followed more. with Followed by what the, to start. But, mm-hmm. um... I don't know. I mean, what the yes, we were favored by 30 in this game. We ended up beating them by 20. Uh, the vast synopsis, I guess, we're, we're not going to run through all the stats. I mean, clearly anyone that watched that game felt strongly that Ohio State's offense underperformed while it looked like the defense is the real deal. Um, what would you rather get into first overall with this game? Because I feel like maybe it would be better if we just go ahead and start with the positive. And start on the defensive side. Yeah, I mean that's a good idea. I mean, um, yeah, we'll start we'll start with the positive side. So tell me tell me what your give me your highlights on defense, man. Uh, they just look fast. They look fast. Um, the defensive backs are for real. Um, I think Denzel Burke looked really good. Igbenosin was solid. Um, Sonny Styles was flying around everywhere. Malik Hartford got in there and and showed that he can play as a true freshman. Um, our defensive line, I think, did good, especially against the run. Uh, but would still like to see him get to the quarterback a little more often. Now, I do give them some credit because I feel like almost the entire first half they were running like a like a service academy read option, and it's really hard to get sacks when they're running that kind of uh, that uh, that kind of an offense. But overall, man, I was just really pleased with what I saw on the field. See, I'm gonna go with a bit of a more a different approach. I thought. 100% our defensive back play has been like night and day. Um, so much better, especially with the rotation, like you said, of Igbenosin in there. And uh, Josh Proctor had a heck of a, heck of a game, actually. Um, that shocked me a little bit. Um, I found out a couple of things during this game, and that is, number one, uh, Sonny Styles got burnt in the slot repeatedly. Um, so that, that kind of concerns me a little bit. Also... Um, we got no pressure on the quarterback at all. Sure, a solid performance, but it wasn't enough. We need to get back there. We need to cause disruption. We need to put some people on the ground. I don't think we did enough of that. Other than that, I felt like we played pretty solid on defense, and the improvement was great. But those were the couple of things that I saw that kind of stuck out to me a little bit. You know, it was supposed to be the uh, it was supposed to be the old uh, coming out party for our new defensive ends and stuff like that, and everybody moved to the right position. Well, we didn't see that. Jack Sawyer, how about Jack? Exactly. I think you're being I think you're being a little harsh already, dude. And if you're already being harsh for the defense, I know where this is going to go when we talk the other side of the ball. But man, again, like I said, they didn't really run a style of offense much in the first half or even the first three quarters that really would allow for that type of play to kick in. I mean, if you're constantly running the ball, you're not going to be able to sack the quarterback. Um, I do agree that we didn't get as many hits in the backfield, even when the with the running game that I would have liked to have seen. But again, I don't recall maybe one explosive play that we gave up all game. 
That's and because they were running a triple option, Davis. There's not going to be an explosive play. <laughs> that's very possible, and th- th- but they did. They had like maybe one explosive play. Listen, I understand the talent level that we were playing against uh, in regards to Indiana's offense. I mean, they were juggling two different quarterbacks. That, you know, it, it's a little early to tell if this defense is really that good or, uh, you know, it, and it's still first game of the season. You know, this is the first time a lot of these players have, you know, gone against someone else. And a handful of these players, first time they've ever started. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll hold some reservation. And I and I ask you and other people listening, and I almost kind of tell myself this, too, is that this is still a work in progress. I, I just wish everyone would take a deep breath and take a step back here. OK, and realize there's a lot of work to do here, man. You know what I mean? And that's on both sides of the ball. But I just want to get that out there because every single comment that I make, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. Someone's like, well, it's the first game of the year. I'm so tired of hearing it already. Yes, it was well, the first game of the it's year. It's still a thing. Day. I mean, you can tr- you can choose to ignore me saying that or anyone else, but it's still a fact. It's still a fact that we're not going to be the same team from game one to game two, nor from game one to the end of the season. You know, there's a lot of things that are going to improve and get better as we go along. Is there some rust to knock off early? Absolutely. Now, are there some egregious things that we've seen in this game that are inexcusable? Absolutely. And I'm on your side with that. But this is not supposed to look like a finished product day one, dude. So no, you got to play your role a little. To be you got to temper game. your expectations a little bit, man. I don't have any. That's the thing. I don't have any expectations. That's what I'm trying to say. But just don't tell me it was the first game because that's not what I want to hear. Okay, it's the it's the game before the second game. Is that better? <laughs> I guess so. I'm just tired of I'm just tired of everybody using that as an excuse so when it's not. Let me let me ask you this though. Um, what is a player that stood out to you the most on defense? Oh man, that's that's kind of hard to say for me. I would say probably I focused a lot of um, you know, my attention on the corners m- more than anything. Um I was glad to see Hancock get in there. I was glad to see, you know, a bunch of people get in there. But uh to be totally honest with you, probably probably Josh Proctor. Um he he kind of surprised me a little bit dude i just not expect that as a matter of fact like when i saw he was starting i kind of just rolled my eyes a little bit like oh god you know here we go again but honestly dude he played really freaking well um so i'm I'm gonna go with josh proctor yeah i kind of agree he stood out to me and so did denzel burke um those were kind of the two that really like i i didn't see them really make a bad play everyone else on the field was kind of i mean i feel like i didn't hear tommy eichenberg's name at all uh, didn't hear JT Tumalau's name at all. Jack Sawyer. Um, Mike Hall was pretty quiet in that game. I mean, it was it was still a really good overall performance. But what really stood out to me was, you know, I guess kind of more the the back seven there. Absolutely. So I just, I just expected. I would say this. Like I thought it was a great overall effort. I give it. I give it an A minus. And I think that's around. fair. I give it like a B plus just because I think. Uh, we could have gotten some turnovers. There's a couple times we should have get, turned the ball over and we dropped an interception. And just because I think they will get better. So I'm not going to start out with an A just yet, but I'll give it a B plus for sure. Okay. Well, let's move over to the other side of the ball here. Well, first of all, let's take a little pit stop at special teams, dude, because my God, they were returning the ball very well on us, dude. Our kicking coverage was shit. It, it wasn't was shit. It, no, it wasn't great. But um, our kicker, though. I'll tell you what he's I'll tell you what somebody somebody suit the boy up on defense because he was laying some wood. 
Yeah, he was making tackles. He was kicking, <laughs> and that one forty-some yarder he kicked, I swear, it would have been good from sixty. It was still going up when it went through the uprights. But that should, but you know something, that should tell you something, dude. If and he's small, he's small too. I mean, yeah. When he lines up, he looks like the water cooler kid. You know, he he does not look like a big kid at all. Uh, he looks like he might be, you know, just fresh out of high school. I'm not sure how old he is. I'm sure he's not, but yeah. Uh, but he's got a hell of a leg on him, and so far he's he looked he's pretty pretty accurate so you never know when <laughs> with a team like this this year we may need him a lot no kidding all so, right man, let's let's head over yeah. to the offensive well side let of me say one more thing about the special teams too that is still bothering me i don't know what they see but Emeka doesn't need to be Emeka is not a shifty p- player you know what i mean and i don't know why unless it's just straight ball handling and trust issues why he keeps getting punt return duties because anytime he gets the ball I feel like he can't make anyone miss when it comes to just punt return. So now he's a great wide receiver. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like I see anything from him when it comes to punt return. Do you not think there's someone else on the team better suited to take that role right now? I don't know, man, you know, and I think we'll get into that, but I feel like we had a lot of questions going into this and we, you know, we heard a lot of things about camp and stuff like that, but I feel like we just didn't get to fully see everything I thought we would. Um, you know, and that's mostly in the skill positions for me. We're going to get into that here in, in a second on the offense, but I'm saying like most of those guys are the guys you're seeing. Like, is there somebody more shifty? You know, maybe I don't really know. You know, what I was told was. Was that he would do it and, you know, probably the old uh, Mr. Blocko would do it a little bit, but I don't know, man. Well, Blocko is going for just kickoff return, so. Uh, especially well, hell, if we're not giving up both. a whole lot of scores. I I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, especially since, you know, that's the other thing too. Uh, and I'll just say in general, and I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit more, but they really didn't rotate guys in and out anywhere near as much as I thought he would have on either side of the ball. Um, defense, maybe a little bit more, but there was not a, a heavy dose of rotation. Now, partially, uh, part of that could have been because it can, remained a tighter game, um, and I think he was hoping for it to be, you know, spread out a little bit more so he could get more people in there. But you know, I, even C.J. Hicks on, you know, on defense, we were expecting to see him out there. I don't think I saw him out there for one defensive play. He might have played special teams, but that was it. So I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't really see much of a rotation. Yeah, I was too. Um, you know, but I, I I'll say this though: uh, defense rotated a heck of a lot more people than offense did. Um, you know, outside of running backs and stuff like that. But I was looking at it where it saw it. They said like every single position on defense at least rotated, rotated too deep and some three deep. Um, where I don't think offense did. Right. So shall we get into it? Might as well, man. So give me your you? initial no. reaction. Well, <laughs> um, underwhelming, disappointing. And flat is probably the best ways I can put it. Now, I didn't have tremendous expectation, but my expectation was definitely higher than what I saw on the field. So in short, before we go into detail, that's how I'd put it. Now, people out there that listen to this podcast a lot probably think I'm just going to jump off the bridge right here and go, hey, but I'm really not, man. Uh, to be totally honest with you, uh, some of this stuff I expected. 
I have been saying since the beginning of camp that I thought that we would probably have a little bit of an issue, some growing pains on the offensive line. I think that that's true. I think that it became apparent yesterday or two days ago now, I guess. Uh, now that we're recording on a Monday, but um, I think that's apparent. And that affects everything, man. It does. And it affected our running game. Um, and it affected a lot. And also, I think the play calling was uh, not what I expected. Um, so when you when you mesh those two things together, along with a uh, a rookie quarterback um, and in a Big Ten game on the road, I think this is what you get. And I'm really not shocked by it because I kind of at first I was pissed off. But then as things played out, I was like, you know what? All the things you've been saying, all the things you thought are coming to fruition right now. And this is what you get when that happens. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of at peace with it. Yeah, so um, I think for me, overwhelmingly, my biggest issue was how Ryan Day handled the quarterback situation. Um, I know a lot of what we were hearing in the offseason was how much Devin Brown was pushing for the starting role, how good he's been doing, how Kyle was starting to lag behind, then caught up at the end. That's how he won it. And... This is kind of a twofold thing with the quarterbacks. One, as much as Ryan Day was saying these both these guys played good enough, I trust them both as a starter, they both deserve to play, that Ryan Day did not follow that word at all. He put him in for three plays in the first half, and they were all running plays, and then he didn't see the field until junk time with two minutes to go. Uh, the other thing, too, is if he felt that confident that they could both start, then is that either saying Kyle crapped the bed, or is that more what we would have seen also from Devin. And I think not only did we get robbed to kind of see that, but also if this is still technically a continued tryout to try to get who is going to be the number one play caller, especially going into Notre Dame, you blew an entire game's opportunity to get Devin Brown some real action there to see what we have. So I think I was very disappointed with the way the quarterback, the position in general was handled. I mean, I'm not talking about how Kyle played yet. I'm just talking about that part because like I said, based upon everything day told us, everyone was waiting and expecting him to get in the game in significant amount of playing time, especially legit playing time. And we were robbed of that. So I'm not happy about that. Well, the reason it kind of ticked me off was, okay, you told us we were going to get some of both. Okay. We didn't. You felt like the game was threatened, like you said, so you didn't feel like you could put Devin Brown in, which to me tells me that you think Kyle McCord's the guy. There's not a competition. You think he's the guy. You kept him in the entire game, even when he was playing like absolute <laughs> You still kept him in because you believe he's the guy. Okay, fine. The story's over then. Don't come around in the press conference and say, well, next week we're going to play more Devin Brown. There's not a competition, dude. And if there's not a competition, you need to let Kyle McCord get reps so we can get ready for Notre Dame. Because I'm telling you right now, if we would have played Notre Dame on Saturday night, we'd be 0-1. I'm telling you that right now. We weren't ready. We need to get more reps. They need to pick a guy. I got to be honest with you, dude. I'm so pro seeing Devin Brown. And I honestly think that he really might be the guy. I really do think that. Um, but, I, you know, at this point, to me, don't don't you feel like what he did Saturday night says he's riding with Kyle McCord? It absolutely does. I mean, Ryan Day, it's nothing new for Ryan Day to kind of tell us one thing and give us this coach speak and kind of mask what he really is saying. But I thought he was a lot more definitively 
like split on this. I mean, everything that he was saying, even leading up to finally picking Kyle as a starter, was it was very split, very split. Trusting them both. They both deserve to play. You know, I don't again, I don't know how much Smokey's blowing up everyone's ass or how much of that was legit. But, yes, that meant a, a lot when he saw Kyle struggling. The game was close that he went ahead and kept him in there because you can't sit there and say that, you know, that one game he started two years ago at home against Akron is really that much more experience than what Devin Brown has. You know, and if you're trying to go, you can't go with the hot hand. He didn't have a hot hand to start the game. It it very, looked very basic, very boring. And I think that's a whole nother part that we'll get into why we, we think that the offense looked that bad was partially due to the play calling. But we'll get to that here in a minute. But overall, I agree that I think Ryan Day has probably already chosen his starter. And I don't even know if the entire coaching staff agrees with that. But at the end of the day, it is Ryan's call. Well, I feel bad because of this. I hope that Devin Brown knew going into this game that Kyle McCord was the starter. Because I, I'll be honest with you, I felt bad for the young man because if he really didn't know and he was expecting to get to play and he didn't, and then he gets put in garbage time. I mean, to be honest, dude, he can read between the lines. He knows what's going on. The game's on the line. You didn't get put in the entire game to the last drive. And then everyone in Buckeye Nation wants to just pretty much shit all over him on because he, you know, got the ball with like, you know, under two minutes left to go in the game and, you know, didn't look great during the three, four snaps that he gets. Give me a break, man. To me, like, I felt bad for the kid. His heart's probably broken if he really didn't know he wasn't the starter, because now he does. It looked like he expected to play more, because every time they showed a picture of him, he was, like, paced on the sideline with his helmet on, like, ready to roll. So yeah, I just... First I, have of all, a feeling that, I have a feeling that was not the game plan, and when we were just slugging around a lot worse than Ryan Day expected us to, and to give Indiana credit, with this new clock rule, Indiana played really smart. They did. They basically played keep away where we only had four drives in the first half. Yeah. Well, I, I respect Ryan Day tremendously. Um, I'm not going to sit here and talk him, but I do feel like this entire situation from start to finish has been handled very poorly. Like I feel like there's there's almost any way that he's done it would be better than the way he's done it. Yeah, he was. He's never been decisive at any point during any of this. And he's left everything open to interpretation and open to, you know, this could be subject to change from day to day. I mean, we don't know where we sit. And not only is that how we feel as fans seeing that based on what he's saying, but it also looked like Kyle was playing nervous and worried, you know, like he might lose his job, like he's looking over his shoulder. And you don't want either quarterback playing that way. So honestly, at this point, whether I want to see Devin Brown or not, I'd rather him just go ahead and pick one right now and stick with it. Even if it is Kyle McCord or if it's Devin Brown, at this point, I just want him to stick with someone. Because I don't want to be pissing away a season when he's sitting there worried, maybe this guy was a better option, maybe this guy was a better option. Listen, if, if at, at the end of the day, if Devin Brown is the guy but we don't start him, at least I'll know comfort that, hey, we made a decisive decision. He made the choice. We stuck with Kyle McCord. If it doesn't work in the long run, it doesn't work, Okay. And that you can look back on that and say, what if, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, blow away, you know, some early games in the season just because we were not fully prepared. Like pick the guy, prepare him, get him ready and let's roll. And I think these next two games really needs to have a true starter. I don't think he needs to split anymore. He had his one opportunity to do it. I don't. And even though I know these next two games are going to be a lot more of a blowout, at least that's where we're anticipating. 
Uh, I don't think it's worth it at this point because now whoever's going to be starting, probably Kyle McCord, just needs to get as many reps as possible. That's what I think, dude, because, you know, we're just not ready. You know, we just didn't look good on on a lot of different fronts. Pretty much everything offensively, like I said, we just didn't look didn't look great. So I think uh, the focus now needs to be getting ready for the rest of the year, man, and not not uh, the, the pissing contest over the starting quarterback. Yeah, so let's talk. Let's go ahead and talk about Kyle McCord and what you thought overall. I will tell you this. Uh, try to put some of the negative aside. I'm going to highlight some key points and some things that I saw. Number one is I think the play calling was way too vanilla and bland early on. Um, there was an awful lot of running, and uh, I think they were honestly for the first you know handful of drives they were rushing more than he was passing, which I understand he's young, but you know. Give him an opportunity. Give him some short passes early on. You know, call plays, uh, passing plays on first down, and give this kid a chance to do something. You know, instead, I think he got kind of a, a little bit. You know, Indiana came out aggressive. Okay, and if we're play calling kind of bland and they're coming out aggressive, yes, it's going to make it more difficult. The offensive line struggled at times, to say the least. But once we kind of started going a little bit and we started trying to push the ball down the field. I, you could see some good passes from Kyle. You really could. Um, I know the popular one was, you know, the one to Kate Stover for almost 50 yards. Uh, the one that even though it didn't count as a touchdown to Marv, that was a really good pass. And even that little touch uh, pass to the to Mayan Williams on a third or fourth down play when we were in the end zone. I mean, you can see he does have some touch. Uh, he's got an arm. Uh, there's just we need to get more consistency and better decision making. So. I do see there can be an upside with Kyle. Um, I It'd be interesting if we actually went back and listened to our first episode of the 2021 season and see what we said about C.J. Stroud after the Minnesota game. And I bet we wouldn't be too terribly far off from what we were saying about Kyle this episode. I don't think Kyle McCord is going to be in the same conversation as any of the last four quarterbacks that we had. I see Kyle McCord being, uh, you know, at best – a game manager. I see him in the Craig Krenzel realm. Okay. Um, a guy that maybe can, you know, get some things for you, get some things done for you when it's absolutely needed. Um, it's not going to be like the greatest pass in the world, probably not the greatest run in the world, but a good game manager. Um, I kind of think that's the route, uh, that we're going, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And he just like does like a Forrest Gump thing and the leg braces come off and he just runs like a four, two forty. I don't know. Well, you um, were fighting for Kyle McCord to start over C.J. Stroud two years ago at the beginning of the season. Well, you don't make don't make me pull don't make me pull tape on it. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, so was everybody else in Buckeye Nation. Well, I wouldn't so say what? everyone else, but yes, there was grumblings about it. So that's another grumbling too. <laughs> grumblings, rum. What? Well, okay. grumbling like you know, it's no, like there people, wasn't grumblings. It was like over half the fan fan base, but. Because you're gonna have to pull up a that. hell of a lot of screenshots. You want to go that route? I don't think I don't think I was one of them. So overall, though, just Kyle himself, based upon the throws, you I just complete. You didn't even you didn't even give me a chance to do any of my opinion on him. You just cut me off by saying I well, wanted to Well, you blabbed for like three straight, straight minutes about I don't know. You blabbed about something and I zoned out. Yeah. So what is your opinion? I don't know. You already told me. Is he basically you think he's another Craig Krenzel? You think he is not going to be? One of the better quarterbacks we've had over the last four or five Probably. starters. He threw a pick. He should have thrown three. Probably three. Uh, he got lucky on two. Yeah. Um, and I think he looks scared. When your tight end's your number one receiver, that's a problem. 
Yeah, his decision-making was not great. I mean, he he missed a couple wide-open touchdowns, one to Marvin in the first half that was wide open, that if he would have held the ball for an extra half a second, he would, he would have seen him wide open and just threw it to him. Um, what I'm saying missed, is I think – If you already let me finish a couple what others. I'm saying, I was trying to get to – We'll get to your dang like, point. We're trying well, to keep never, this under thirty minutes. Every time I say something, you get right in. You go right in, in between it. I can't. I can't do anything. Do it. I was saying, if your number, if your tight end is your number one receiver, that tells me something. That either you're getting plays where you're only having one read, or you're only checking one read, and then you're checking down to the tight end. Your tight end shouldn't be your number one guy all the time when you got Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka out there. You know what I mean? Come on, give me a break, man. Don't tell me that none of them are open because we saw in the film all day long they were open. They were open all day long. You just didn't get him to him. And I think it's because he was completely scared out of his freaking mind. And he got out there and he either went one read right to it or he checked one read. It wasn't there and he went to the first thing that was open in the middle field, which generally is your tight end. And that's what I think. Yeah, he didn't look very comfortable, in yeah. my opinion. His body language was not that of someone that felt very confident. While he was out there a few times I saw, but overall it did not look very confident. Yeah. And it's a crime. I mean, both Marvin and Becca combined for five total touches, five total catches. And that's it. Like, yeah, you, you gotta get, you gotta get those guys, the ball, man. In that high throw that about got Marv hurt bad too. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not completely ready to just completely crap all over Kyle McCord. He, you know, he's young, doesn't have any experience. Um, you know, coming young as in starting young, young, young. experience wise. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm not ready to completely crap on him and throw him in the toilet. I just feel like I'll put it this way. Everybody's like, oh, you can't crap on Kyle McCord. It was the first game. I'm going to crap on him until he's good. I really am. When you're crap, I'm going to tell you you're crap. And when you're good, I'm going to tell you you're good. And next week, it may be a different story. This week, kind of crap. You know, hopefully next week, it's not that way. You know what I mean? That's that's just kind of the way it is. I at least call it like I see it. Well, I'm going to find it a little difficult to judge him over the next couple of weeks just because I know that, you know, we're playing basically an FCS school and then a, a group of five school. So, you know, I'm going to hold really my judgment until after I see what happens in the Notre Dame game. I mean, I'm fully expecting whoever plays, which I assume would still be Kyle over the next couple of weeks, that he will play better. I mean, we're going to be playing against worse competition at home. So I mean, it's true. I just I like I said, I. It's going to be hard to I gauge. Didn't want, I didn't want Indiana to sway my opinion to where I was completely ready to just give up on them. And I don't want any of the other teams that we're getting ready to play in the next two weeks to sway my opinion where I think he's the greatest thing under the sun. You know what I mean? I'm trying to take it all with a grain of salt. Right. So let's finish it up here with the running backs. And uh, that was a, at least part of the offense I thought looked pretty decent at times. Um, I'm not going to mention the third and shorts. Uh, again, I think that is an offensive line issue. Um, I don't think any time that there was an issue, whether it was Mayan or Trey, they got stopped. They were getting hit in the backfield. I mean, there's not much you can do. Uh, but Trey broke a couple a little bit. You know, he looked like he had a shiftiness. But again, Trey just cannot run up the middle. Every Anytime he's, he has a running play where he's running anywhere in between the tackles, it looks like he's he's always getting hit and getting knocked down easily. Now, if he can get out to the side and bounce it out, then he's a lot more electric. That's where his A game is. But I'll tell you who looked the best, even though Mayan did have the two touchdowns, was Chip Trianum. I mean, he looked really good. I mean, looked like a big runner, strong runner, had great uh, shiftiness, uh, good eyesight, read the field well. Um, and they even put him in there in a Mitch Rossi type of position several times like a fullback. Um, 
you know, to further either give him touches or have him out there blocking for a running back. So I think Chip is going to be a key part of the offense this year. I mean, I hope he is. I, you know, I can't judge on what's going to happen the entire season off of one game, but it seemed to me like Chip had way better vision than, than Trey did. Mm -hmm. Um, He looked like the much stronger runner, the more confident runner. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, he has more talent than Trey. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, you know, on Saturday, uh, he looked like the better of the two for sure. And I really did not like the whole we're going to use Mayan on a goal line stand uh, kind of mentality that we got going on here. Um, I think he's good enough to to get some carries, man, to get some carries during the game. Some number one carries, not just, you know, bring the guy in on uh, short yardage in the red zone and try to see if we can't punch it in. I mean, I get why they're doing that, but I don't I, I hope that's not his only function. I'll put it like that. And also, right. let's talk about this. Let's talk about being in the red zone, short yardage in the red zone, and running a two tight end set with no, and your wide receivers, your best players in the game are on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That didn't – I didn't understand some of this stuff. Like I said, and, you know, maybe they're just not comfortable with him throwing that ball, you know, because it's going to be high traffic um, in the back of the end zone. You know what I mean? And that in that situation, maybe they're not comfortable with the core throwing that ball at that point. But, my God, man, I, I, I can't say this enough. You know, if we want to be good this year – Marvin Harrison Jr. has to touch the ball a lot. He has to. Oh, I completely agree. You know, I just, I didn't like that, man. I felt like, you know, we almost took him out of the game ourselves. They didn't have to. Yeah, I mean, overall, man, it was just, it was a rough game. I I know it was a 20-point win against a conference opponent on the road, first game of the season. Yes, I said it. Sorry. But, you know, it's Indiana, man. I'm sorry. You know, it's like one step up from Rutgers, essentially. And it's that's just a, it's a difficult game when you don't play well. I mean, you know how that honestly felt is it felt like the Northwestern game from last year. You know, yeah. and we tried to make some excuses and things that legitimately might have been partially the reason, but overall just looked awful and it was kind of hard to watch offensively. And that's kind of the feeling I got from watching this game. You know, I, I spent my entire summer and off season looking forward to the season. And then we come out and I'm so excited, so pumped up. I mean, my heart's racing. We kick off. It's ready to go. And then I just I feel like I slowly continue to get let down, let down, let down. I was like, oh, God, you know, can we ever just start out a season on a freaking high? You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like every year we're starting out and there's some bull crap to complain about game one. And. Yes, it's a good thing we didn't play, you know, a Florida State, LSU, Notre Dame, someone, Oregon, something like someone like that, you know, game one, because, uh, man, we're just we're not very good game one. So thank God we're not playing a ranked team. And another thing, you know, uh, one of the things that Ryan Day said in the press conference kind of kind of threw me for a loop a little bit, too, when he was talking about the play calling and he was talking about him and Brian Hartline and Justin Fry all kind of being involved in that situation and that there was. You know, some turbulence there um, that there were, it could be smoother. You know, it could be ironed out more. And, you know, I'm thinking, who the hell's calling the plays? Number one. And number two, why don't we have it ironed out already? You know what I mean? Like, it's the first game of the year, man. Like, you know. Oh, oh, oh. You said first game of the year. I mean that in a different way. I mean, it's the first game of the year, meaning you should be more than ready as a high, as a professional oh, oh, football oh. coach. Make it like nine and a half million like a year. trying to get Farver to say shenanigans. <laughs> But oh, you, you know what I mean? Like, for shenanigans? Yeah, I meant that the opposite way. Like, it's already the first game of the year. Why don't we have it together? You know, like, I don't understand that. And why do we not know who's calling the plays? Because 
it's funny when you when you rewatch the tape and a couple of guys that I know went, went back and watched the game, you know, two and three times. They said that they can see Brian Hartline calling plays. But at the same point in time, when you look at Ryan Day in the press conference, he's saying that he called the play. So maybe Ryan Day is calling for Brian Hartline because he knows one good. I don't know. But I'm just saying we got to get that figured out, too. First of all, who's calling the plays and why are they bad? <laughs> or maybe Ryan Day is covering for Brian Hartline. I already said that. You just missed it. Well, I know you meant like, I, well, Ryan Day admitted he was calling a lot of plays, but I don't know if that was actually true or to what extent. But I mean, the whole thing with plays. Right. And a lot of people don't understand this is that when they go through practice, right, they have a list of all the different you know plays that they want to run in the game and it will not make it in the game plan if they don't perfect it in practice, not like do it well. They have to perfect it in practice against certain defenses. And if they don't, then they don't even put them in. So there's even a chance that even though it may not be as vanilla as he wanted to call it, but maybe the offense could not get a handful of certain, some of these plays down good enough to even put them in the game plan. So that yeah. could be an issue as well that, you know, we have no idea. I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see, man, because, uh, you know, I was just, uh, to be honest, man, just let down. Like, you know, I, I really thought what we were looking at was a struggling offensive line and a new quarterback and a revamped uh, defense. But I really thought uh, that we may struggle a little bit. I thought we'd see two quarterbacks. We would struggle a little bit. Um, each quarterback would go through a little bit of growing pains. But ultimately, I still thought that we would score 40, 50 points um, and be in good shape. And it just was not that, man. And I'll tell you what, it was it was kind of depressing to watch, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that I think that's pretty much the sentiment. I mean, our my expectations moving forward is that we, we will see a big jump over the next couple of weeks. I mean, one is you will get better from week one to week two. Uh, it's usually one of the bigger, more massive changes that you make. I mean, it's the first time to finally get some, you know, effective quality feedback from game reps that you can work on and see where you where you need help. Um but, you know, honestly, we're not going to really know much about this team until uh, September 23rd at South Bend. So, you know, I, I, we could win the next two games 60 to nothing, and I'm not going to feel any probably any better, any worse either way. I mean, the only thing I could probably feel worse is if we come out and we s- still suck against Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. I mean, if that if, <laughs> if it happens to the next couple games, then I'm extremely worried. Yeah, I mean I- – I don't think it's going to be, but now, you know, all these games that we weren't worried about before the season started, I'm, I'm suddenly worried about, and I'm not saying anything that uh, we're not going to improve every single week and get better. Um, but you know, man, I just, I hope that's not, this is not what we're really, you know, I hope we had a bad game. I'll put it like that. I hope this is yeah. not really yeah. who we are. I know, I know you don't like when we compare it to past years because teams are different and everything, but you know, historically, yeah, Ohio State, especially in national title years or ones where we really do have a chance to compete, game one doesn't always look good. I mean, when we won in 2014, um, we were like losing the Navy at the half and then we lost our second game of the year. So it, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, let's wave the red flag like we're in deep trouble this year. No, absolutely not. But I think some of my optimism is tarnished a little. That, I mean, they're going to have to make some bigger changes than I expected them to probably make. And I don't even know if I was even being fair, you know, with some of my anticipation of how they would be. I mean, realistically, if I sat down and was, you know, trying to take my fandom hat off and really think about how I think we would do, 
it would probably be closer to what the result we actually saw. So I think, you know, just as an Ohio State fan and what we're expected to see over the last handful of years, you know, what our new expectations are for Ohio State are almost getting to be unrealistic to continue every single year. I mean, even if, you know, Kyle McCord played well or whatever, I mean, we're still expected to have somewhat of a drop off because we do not have a, a first round quarterback or a top five pick quarterback, at least right now. And C.J. Stroud didn't start off that way. So we still have to temper our expectations a little bit. Well, that and I think, you know, what kills me is the way that Buckeye Nation has treated this thing. You know, you brought up C.J. earlier in the podcast. Well, what happened? C.J. came out and he sucked early. Right. So everybody's like, he sucks. Let's bring him a cord. Then C.J. Stroud just exploded. Right. Goes on a tear, ends up being one of the greatest passing quarterbacks, you know, at Ohio State, at least in my Mm -hmm. lifetime. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I keep thinking of myself. And so now because of that, right, Buckeye Nation is doing the same thing with McCord. They're, they're trying to learn their lesson. They're saying, hey, well, guess what? I'm not going to do McCord like that because look what happened with CJ. But I keep on remind myself, CJ is an anomaly, dude. Not everybody's going to be CJ Stroud. Not every quarterback we have at Ohio State is going to suck in the first year and end up being the best quarterback in the last 10 years. That's not going to happen every time. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to half reserve my judgment and half, you know, at the same point in time, I'm trying to call it like I see it. You know what I mean? If it looks like you suck, I'm going to tell you you suck till you don't. I mean, that's just kind of the way that I feel like it. I don't feel like everybody's going to be Justin Fields and CJ Stroud. You know, some people just suck, you know, ask Bella sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if we ever have an opportunity, opportunity to like interview him, he's going to decline. You realize that, right? Oh, a hundred percent, dude. I, and you know what? I'll have to get a guest person on and leave you off that episode. Would He's, I be shocked he won't if talk he also to you. kicked my ass in the parking lot afterwards? Like, didn't do the podcast, but then waited outside? Like, as soon as he comes out Probably. to take out his trash, I'm going to kick his ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll finish with this. I'll at least give Chad some props. He's done something he has never done. Uh, he is currently leading on the season in prop bet points. I'm sorry. What happened? I I seriously I blanked out. Uh, yeah. My, no, I'm serious. My my microphone cut out. I didn't hear what you said. You said something I'd never done before. Are you joking? No, my microphone cut oh, out. Oh damn it! I was actually trying to be funny. All right. What happened? So Chad has finally done something he hasn't ever done before. He is actually leading the season prop bet points. I know. I just wanted to hear you say it again. So <laughs> that's fine. You're gonna have to go cut that whole part out now. And you're gonna have to cut this part out. So you know what? Hey. Let's just now you cut cut all that out. Uh, But we pick our three, so uh, it's on our website and it was on our last episode. It's always on our game preview episodes. We we do three prop bets. Um, We did the Ohio State passing yards over under at 325. Gosh, was I way wrong? And I kind of figured I was going on a stretch there, but Chad won that one, and then. Also, longest field goal, I set it at like 40 and a half for either team, and Indiana ended up making like a 43-yarder, so Chad won that one. And the one that I did was Chad thought we would get two or more turnovers. I said one or less, and we didn't even get a single one. So at least I pulled out one out of the three. But Chad does take an early lead going into next week. Let me tell you something. I'd like to thank my sponsors, uh, Lazy Boy Furniture, Lion & Kugel Summer Shandy, and uh, Just For Men uh, Hair Gel. Thank you. We are not getting paid for any of those spots, so <laughs> they don't even send them free products either. <laughs> oh. 
Just like Hillshire Farm from a couple Hillshire years ago. Farm. That's yeah. right, dude. We've done so many free promos for them. All right. Um, so our next upcoming game is next Saturday at noon. We have Youngstown State. That will be a home game, and that will be on the Big Ten Network. Um, luckily, we get to avoid the Peacock Network until I don't know when. I think the Maryland game or something like that. But uh, anywho, uh, we will be doing a game preview for that one later this week, so keep an eye out for that. Um, anything you'd like to add before we sign off here? Nope, that's it, man. I uh, look forward to uh, to uh, talking to everybody a little bit, you know, as we move forward to the next game. And also, don't forget to check out our website, uh, www.dtipodcast.com. Yep, absolutely. And always, uh, if you don't catch us uh, through uh, the website or on our Facebook, you can catch us on all major streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Um, I got nothing else to add either. So until our game preview for next week in Youngstown State, go Bucks. Oh, wait.